All right, everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. This is your host, Adam Buchanan. Thanks for joining. I know it's been a while since I've published an episode, but welcome back. thought it'd be good to put some good information out there, maybe some inspiring positivity. And so I am having my wife join me today. Lisa, thanks for coming on. Sure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we thought it'd be important to talk about COVID-19, coronavirus is, is spreading uh, our state. We're here in Utah. They are putting in certain recommendations, certain things that we need to be doing. And we just thought it would be good to get out some good information and some things that we've even learned. I've been working from home for how long now? I think three years. Yeah, three years. So we have maybe some a few tips to share just as people are heading home and working from home that might be a big transition especially if school's out lots of distractions kids running around yeah especially during a stressful time in our society yes it's it's not like it's a hey stay home for a few weeks we're going to try this out it's other implications grocery stores are a little crazy right now so we just thought we'd take this time and, and talk about kind of how we got here and where we are now and maybe where we're headed. So with that agenda in mind of, of how we got here, just wanted to spend a little time on preparations. Um, what, what kind of things do you think we've prepped for events like this? Um, maybe whether our church has, has made those recommendations or what, what are things that stand out to you the most that have been impactful of things we prep for events like this? Well, I think like 100% is our, um, our church is known for preparedness and for home prep and um, really being self-sufficient in any occasion, like whether it be a storm or a, um, uh, you know, a natural disaster, natural disaster or uh, I guess, I, but in my mind of these years of preparation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I never thought a virus outbreak. Exactly. I mean, I always thought, you know, Salt Lake has had a few tornadoes, you know, here or there. We're not on a fault line, are we? Maybe we are. It's part of Salt Lake. <laughs> fun fact, part of Salt Lake is actually on a fault line. One of our first houses was on there when we went to the University of Utah, our oh, apartment. Man. We were oh, on a fault man. line. So, I mean, so all those other other factors came in, but I, I never really thought of the virus outbreak, and not just the virus outbreak, but the mass chaos from people trying to get quickly prepared and have food and, and gas and, and whatever they need and not being able to have access to those resources at any given moment. We're pretty blessed as a nation to be able to have those things at our fingertips. We have a storage room in our basement, actually. It's a cold storage and have some racks of food in there. And, you know, and also we are beekeepers. If you know me and been following me a while, we, we've been beekeeping for five or six years now. And we actually have a pretty good stock of honey down in the basement. And, you know, I, we've come to a few decisions every time we do a honey harvest is, are we going to sell our honey this year? And in some ways, I'm kind of glad we don't, that, you know, we have a little bit of stock there. It's a good thing to have and so over the years i mean ever since we've been married we've married 15 years now there, there's always been something in our minds of even our growing up of preparedness mm-hmm. and uh, you know so temporally 
you know, we, we've had some food storage stores and, and always have tried to do that. I'd say mentally and spiritually though, too. Uh, one thing I've noticed in the household just in the last few days, because there's been so many things that have transpired is that I, I feel a sense of calm and I still, I feel a sense of calm from you. Would you say you're calm? What's your calm level? For me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I, we feel even, you know, we believe in a God and a higher plan and, and, um, that this is not everything right now. That does give me an underlying sense of peace that, that somebody is in control and, and has a bigger plan for us. Um, but I still go through times of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, could, could this virus outbreak taper off and be not as bad as we're expecting? Or could it be worse than we're expecting? We really don't know. So I have these moments, I have waves, just like everybody of kind of a slight freak out moment and do I have what I need and you know uh and then I have times when I when I do stop and get rid of my distractions and I just think or pray or read out of my scriptures when I can have access and this peace comes over me and I can feel like you know what things are gonna be okay a few months ago we got a new fridge and it's like awesome swinging doors and it's got a little butler in there who Large makes us model. <laughs> yeah, because we're a family of six and, and we were at capacity on the last one. I am a bit of a reseller. I don't like to keep things. I don't like to have excess. I, I am a gear junkie, but I, you know, if I've, I've got something extra just sitting in my house, it, it gives me anxiety. I would call you an anti hoarder, <laughs> like on the opposite spectrum of somebody who keeps things. He, like if I don't use something for like two weeks, I have to keep tabs on it or it's gone. He's like sold it already. So yeah, she, she'll ask me where a fork is. And I'm like, I, I don't think we need 17 forks. I think we only need 16. So yeah, we're downsizing. So. It's not an exaggeration. Uh, that is absolutely who I am. But we had this extra fridge and I'm really glad I didn't sell it because we have it now. It's plugged in. It's all working. And we've been able to add, you know, a few extra things of food because uh yesterday governor herbert of utah announced that you know go go prepare go get food do what you need and thankfully we we've had you know that extra space in the fridge because i i did hear something this morning that home depot was running out of fridges and freezers oh, really? they were sold out yeah kind of a cool blessing there i i think and also even before kind of the mass hysteria shopping hit just last week i was like yeah, I just feel like we need to go get a few extra things. We got bags of potatoes. You got some rice, mm -hmm. just kind of some basics. And, you know, felt really, I don't know, somewhat inspired uh, of something was telling us, hey, something's coming. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not referencing this mad sweeping virus is, is sweeping through and killing everybody. We, we know it's serious. Uh, we know it's affecting people. But again, it's more of that hysteria of the panic and getting ahead of that. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's really where my fear is at, is the, the panic of people, not, yeah. so, not so much the virus. Yeah, a good friend of mine, Brittany Duncan, she posted on her Facebook and just asked people, you know, on a scale from one to 10, what's your panic? And it was funny, people said, well, here's my panic for the virus, and here's my panic for the panic, and very different numbers, you know, uh, but we're still learning, we're, we're still trying to be smart and uh, grateful for local leaders who are taking this seriously and putting in things in place. Um, so 
I will say, just before we leave that topic, I do, like I went to Costco yesterday to get one more run of like some extra oil, things that don't really go bad quickly, like rice and things like that. And the lines were, I mean, wrapped around the building twice. I, it was insane. And I almost didn't go in, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to check it out and see. I only had one out of those hundreds of people, person, be kind of rude and like push me out of the way. I mean, I think, uh, yes, people are panicking, but I also think they're just trying to um, to get the things they need as well. And the problem is that they we all need those things at once. But I don't know about you guys, wherever you live, maybe that's a little bit different. But here, people have been pretty, like, pretty cordial, and they, not, they all know we're in this together. Like, hey, you know, we've all got to go get that milk and, and things. So it's it's... I haven't, I haven't seen it like the Black Friday f- foghorns. The elbow throwing. Yeah, I have not seen that yet. Maybe maybe someone else has, but I, I just think we all need it at the same time, where normally when you've got the regular flu, you're um, staggering in for those supplies. So, I mean. Yeah, one of the favorite quotes I heard from Governor Herbert yesterday in his press conference was, the worst of times bring out the best of people. And I, I've been seeing that as well. We, in our neighborhood, we actually have a lot of senior citizens, a lot of people who, uh, even widows, and yeah. we're trying to talk as a church congregation of how do we help those individuals? How do we safely help them not just show up at their house and say, hey, we're here. And, uh, you know, they're, they're thoughtful of that too. And so I think this is a great time even to not just look at ourselves, not look at what we have in store, food, that type of thing. But I think a lot of pieces come when I've tried to steer the focus away from us uh, and look for ways to help. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to help and not mad dash who, who can get the most chicken and toilet paper uh, from the store. Other preparation we've done, I, I'd say even myself on a health and physical level, you know, about two years ago, I just felt really sick. I wasn't necessarily overweight, but I was not healthy. And I just kind of got to work and did research, tried to build good habits. And that's one thing we've been actually kind of talking about. Now, we are not scientists. We are not researchers. We, we can't speak to, you know, so much of the data and how this virus, um, you know, affects individuals. And I don't think that's the goal of today of to get into that. But from a high level, I am thankful that I am a healthy person and even not even from fending off the virus so much, but even just helping others, you know, if, I don't know, if something needed to be pitched in where health and physicality was important, uh, I'm grateful, you know, to have kind of worked on that. Lisa, I know you've had some struggles in the last few years. We've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what background do you want to give on some of your journey of the challenges you've had? Uh, yeah, the last couple of years I've had some, uh, you know, battled with Epstein-Barr virus and, and some autoimmune issues, a little bit of thyroid and just things that are hard to pinpoint and figure out. And I've, f- you know, managed my way with them. Um, I've got a great sister who has also been through that and has totally helped me manage and maneuver what things are good for my body and what things are not good for my body. And they're different from everybody else's. So this last two years I've had to kind of stand out um, 
and I'm eating, you know, I have to, I just have to know, I have to eat this certain way for me to have the energy and to feel good to be able to do the things I want to do in my life. So my life has changed in the last two years where I've had to do more home-cooked meals, but, and, um, you know, things I can't really do drive through, you know, things like that, not because I am a super healthy-minded person, but just because of my health, I've had to change some of those habits and be a little unique and a little weird but I get my health out of it so for me it's totally worth it so I don't know as Adam and I are talking about um, preparing and things we can do like physically spiritually emotionally for these changing times I do feel like that has been um, kind of a preparation for me personally leading up to this point of having to go through some hard trials and figure out kind of physically what I'm made of beforehand. So I don't know. I guess the good thing out of that, which I've told myself, I don't know, is that, you know, I'm kind of back in the practice of, of having to make meals, which as a society we've outgrown a little bit because we just don't have time to sit home and cook all day long. So I do. I, I think there's some personal prep that I've gotten out of that, and I see that as a blessing. I to rewind to on Lisa's experience, it was difficult to watch because she was going to the gym four to five times a week, working out very, you know, highly active and went from that to, I can't go to the gym. It's hard to wake up. Uh, it was, it was hard to watch, uh, what you went through for, for my view and, you know, not having clear answers, having it take a long time, but one thing I will say, and I really commend Lisa for this, is sticking to a plan and being very careful. Um, there was not once I came home that you were chomping down General Sal's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chinese food. There was not one time I where wish. you were chugging, you know, <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper. Not that you even like that. Uh, you're not a soda person. Um, but you really stuck to a plan, and I, I think that is paying off. And again, I don't think you're immune or I'm immune to no, any virus or yeah. anything. It's not that. I think having a physical health helps us have a good mental health because, you know, we, we feel okay. We can get through the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was times I couldn't get through the day. I couldn't play with the kids on the carpet. I'd be winded and they'd be like, come jump with me on the trampoline. I'm like, <laughs> no. And I think that truly affects us. And as we go into these difficult times, having just that physicality just alone helps us have a level head and not make crazy impulse decisions, not, you know, adhere or, you know, promote the panic. Uh, the, the physicality I think really for us is helps with the spiritual and the mental. I, I totally agree. I feel like if our bodies are somewhat healthy and Adam and I are not the epitome of healthy, but we're just talking about being healthier of the choices that we can can choose that we do have choices of like of our health I mean our anxiety is better our depression is less um, our bodies can handle more stress so if we are already bogged down by the stresses of our lives and we're not eating well that vicious cycle I mean yeah you have an, an epidemic like this and how do you put that on top of everything else so I do feel like you know during this time if you have high stress like start cutting out things that you don't need like extra soccer games or um you know whatever it is you know extra work you don't need to do letting go of those things so that you can feel better to be able to handle the stress of this situation 
one book that if, if you've got a little extra time on your hands, you're now working from home, you, you're getting rid of that commute, pick up Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is a book that I picked up two years ago. It's absolutely changed my life, and that's no exaggeration. It really broke down how to make good habits. And so if you feel like physically you're bogged down, you're, you're slow, you're just not feeling it, that is an incredible book. And you can apply it to anything. You can apply it to addiction. You can apply it to creating habits, breaking habits. Uh, props to James Clear. Uh, big thank you to him. And pick up that book. It's called Atomic Habits. I don't have a relationship with James. You, I'm not getting paid to say that. That is truly an authentic recommendation I have for you. It, it really has helped my life. Let's talk about work from home. I, I've been working from home for a few years now. Overall, let me just hear this from you. How has the experience been working from home? What, I want to hear it from you. I love it <laughs> now <laughs> that we have a system, but it took a long time. It was hard being a stay-at-home mom, having Adam, who I love, in my space all day long and being my new coworker. You know, like, uh, yeah, it was really, really difficult figuring out those boundaries of, you know, hey, I got to get into my zone to get my stuff done, and you need to get in your zone to get your stuff done, and, and that's... I mean, we still are tweaking that system. So I love that you don't have commute. I love that you're done when you're done. And um, I love, you know, some of that flexibility of being able to grab lunch with you once in a while. So, yeah, I love it. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a doozy sometimes. It is. I mean, we definitely <laughs> have our ups and downs. I remember, uh, bless, bless my wife, uh, especially, you know, with the four kids at home, three o'clock hits kids are starting to roll in. I remember doing podcast recordings in the afternoon and I'd get all excited. Okay, I'm going to get in the zone. I'm going to do a recording. Kids would start walking in. The doorbell's going off. You just every little sound starts hitting. And I was just like, um, yeah, it's really uh, distracting. It was so hard uh, to, to go through that. So I had to evolve a little bit. Okay, when am I going to record? How am I going to do that? How am I going to prep people? So we've, we've kind of got a good system. I think the big thing is just over communicating and getting ahead of things. So if I have a large client call, if I've got a big presentation, things like that, I'll give Lisa a heads up in the morning, not five minutes before, you know, not, yeah. not, um, I mean, we always kind of wake up in our day of how's your day look? How's tomorrow look? And we try to get ahead of those things. Just something to keep in mind, you know, what your plan is with working from home. <laughs> Over over communicating big time is is really important with a spouse and with kids. I will say to uh, be thinking of a routine. And one thing that I've seen a lot of benefit from trying to wake up in the morning, go to the gym, get family study in. And and I'm not perfect at it. I'm not great at it. it it's still difficult. It, it's a work in progress always. But as we've had those routines, as, we, as we've succeeded with that stuff, that's been really, really helpful and something that is important to shoot for. The other thing I would say, too, from a work-from-home standpoint, making sure you actually put clothes on. I think some people probably heard they were working from home in these last few weeks of, okay, this is going to happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can just you know work in my jimmy jams. I would highly recommend against that. I'm not saying you have to put on a tie and be all formal, 
But I have found uh, through working from home for a few years now, the way I dress, the way I get ready, all of that really does impact my work. And if I've got my feet up and, you know, got the Netflix rolling and, and all that, um, it's just not good. Uh, it just doesn't work. So you'll, you'll have breaks. Uh, you'll, you'll have times go for walks and, and enjoy that. Enjoy the commute-free life. But I would say come, come and show up. Get ready. The other thing, too, is you got to be ready for is video. You know, a lot of work that I do, some people just say, oh, just join a call and there's no video involved. Get, I, would, I would prepare your day, do your hair, get ready and show up and work as if you're on video. Because I think sometimes we get on calls, we get a little laxed. It really does kind of, you know, change, change the way uh, we think about things and, and approach things. How have you noticed, like, as I'm getting ready for the day or certain things that I do, it, do you have any observations there? Oh, um, I just think we have to over-communicate our schedules. And I would say take breaks. Like, schedule, your, schedule yourself some breaks so you're not um, going crazy. So you feel like you can go for a walk. Yeah, because there are some times where by not having a commute, you start to change this mindset of, well, I'll just keep working. I'll just keep going. And there's sometimes I'll, I'll get to 6 o'clock, 6.30 at night, and I, I'll hit a groove in, in my day that I'm just moving along. Everything's fine. And Lisa's like, um, we have dinner. Uh, we have kid stuff. We, we've got things to do. So that, that's just, you know, trying to be flexible, being open. And I, I think that's worked fairly well. I, I think, too, like from the person who is working at home versus like the parent, you know, well, I mean, in our case anyway, um, I think scheduling together, like if you know, if I know you're doing your podcasts, at three o'clock, I'm probably going to tell you don't do it at three o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock. Yeah. I mean, it's better in the morning. So I think just shifting that schedule around of the things you can change that would accommodate a home life, then you're not worried about kids in the background and distractions at a time that's um, high pressure for both of us. So just it's just staggering and, and plugging those in in the right place. If you want a good work-from-home resource, I've got something on the shelf here, The Mastery Journal by John Lee Dumas, a famous podcaster and incredible author. Really great, and it's worth picking up. I mean, we, we don't know how long the work-from-home is going to be, so pick up The Mastery Journal. Uh, this is a 100% authentic recommendation. Uh, I know John a little bit. I've met him a few times, but uh, I'm not getting paid to recommend that. But the Mastery Journal has been phenomenal. And what it is, it's a production tracker. Uh, it's 100 days. It's a way for you to sit down at the beginning of your day, find the four main things you're going to work on, and batch your work, batch your breaks, and be very thoughtful of what you're doing. And then you rank yourself at the end of the day. You say, how disciplined was I? How productive was I? Did I actually do what I'd set out to do? So the Mastery Journal uh, by JLD. Uh, check that out. It's it's a phenomenal resource for folks that are shifting to work from home, to work from home. Other things, just as we kind of close up, I wanted to share what's happening in the present now. How are we kind of approaching, you know, the, the closures, the the somewhat panic? Um, I want to talk about the kids real quick. 
the kids are a little freaked out. We can feel it. They, they may not communicate it, but I think it's important that we slow down with the kids. Uh, Lisa has installed a 20-second hug rule, and that was a few weeks ago, remember? Mm-hmm. H- hug them for 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Was that My good friend, who is a, um, a therapist, said there's something about hugging somebody for more than just the three seconds. There's something actually like chemically that happens um, when you extend that hug for 20 seconds. It kind of changes things a little bit different. So we started doing that. Yes, and and it's funny when we hug the kids, I'll kind of look over at Lisa and she'll be, and she'll do this like air hug. There's like air guitar, but then there's this air hug thing (laughs) where she's like, okay, now keep going. You know, you, you made it to second 15. Uh, you're, you're almost there as if it's so hard to hug people. But maybe that's a, that's a good thing people can do is just hug those around you. Uh, I, I know we're talking about social distancing and keeping arms length. So maybe you're not hugging everyone uh, at, at the grocery store or public places. But people you're quarantined with. <laughs> Give them a 20 second hug. I, I think the kids need it right now. I, I think. They, they hear things, and they're, they're hearing it from other kids. And those kids are hearing it from, uh, you know, a quick sound bite from something the president says or something, uh, you know, the radio says. And it's just maybe out of context, and that's very scary for kids right now. I think as adults, we have a, maybe a better sense. Um, I'd like to think so uh, and handle a little bit more mature, but kids may not. What do you think? I think the bigger problem is they hear us talking. And Adam and I just kind of talk openly, and our kids are around, you know, because you're just used to being around. I think, and Adam, I was just talking to Adam this morning about how I think we need to change how we're speaking about it so they're hearing a little more confidence out of us and a little bit more surety out of us about what to expect and, and maybe a sit-down of like, hey, what do you guys have questions? And answering those questions and just not assuming that they're okay because they haven't spoken up or express those worries. Um. Yeah, over the last few days, we've been buying a few extra groceries, you know, little things here and there. <laughs> and I went and filled up the gas tanks and, you know, just nothing crazy. I, I don't have a tin cap on my head, but, you know, I or foil, foil cap. But, yeah, I think the way we talk and the way we uh, communicate with one another, we could soften that a little bit and not be as, okay, did you fill up all the gas tanks? You know, did you fill up the 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 fridge with jugs of milk so i think that's good advice to hug them and talk to them openly but also with a surety and positivity i think that's our role as parents you know we, that's how we provide and and really preside over our family uh, another book uh, the reason why i'm recommending so many books is you probably have a little bit more time on your hands now with working from home if that's in your case Another book I've been reading is by Ryan Mickler. Uh, it's called Sovereignty. And he actually talks about that, protect, preside, and provide. And it's just this pillar of framework that he discusses. He runs a podcast called The Order of Man. And so it's a really great episode. He interviews a lot of successful men and also a lot of, um, I call them, I was about to say warriors, but they, they really are warriors, but a lot of people who've uh, done service, veterans and things. So really a good guy I actually met ryan mickler at the mountain ops 5k uh just a few weeks ago at the hunt expo here in salt lake so shout out to ryan all the great work he's doing pick up his book it's called sovereignty 
That is another 100% unpaid promotion. That is the third one by now. I don't get paid, by the way, to recommend anything. So anything I tell you, I, I use myself and I've paid for at full price. <laughs> Lisa's like, wait, how much are you paying stuff? You know, back to the kids, talking to them. I, I think it is good to have a level head. And again, that goes back to the physicality. I think if we're physically fit, well, you know, we're not sick. We're, we're waking up at a good t hour. I would change you. I would pause you there and say not necessarily physically fit. I would say like well-balanced. Fair. I mean, you don't have to have like a ripped body to have an emotionally clear mind. I think you do need to be able to exercise a couple times a week, you know, eat good things, make sure you're taking in good things, um, viewing good things. From the mouth of Adam, it's physically fit. From the mouth of Lisa, it is healthy and balanced. Yeah, like emotionally. This is why I have you here. Just keep me in check. I think I think when you're a little more balanced. I mean, we all know if if you you know if you were talking to yourself as a person, and if you were like, okay, what should I stop doing? We all know what we should and shouldn't be doing. It's whether we do it or not. But just having those things balanced, I think, can give you a clear head about making choices. You do need to exercise though. Yes, that's good. In terms of spirituality, one thing, uh, we, we belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and for literally a year now, they have been talking about at-home church. This is really interesting because it's this idea that you can stay home, uh, not congregate a building, and we have wonderful buildings. We have wonderful resources and even events for the youth uh, midweek and other meetings that you know can happen of ways of worship. We have temples uh, all across the world. And they have been talking about at-home church for, yeah, about a year now, have put in certain programs, manuals, even a, a new app that just launched, gosh, a month ago. And we've, I, I've just felt a lot at peace with that because I think that's a way, regardless of where you are spiritually and what you believe, it, it is a way for us as a family that we find peace. That is something we have found peace with and grateful for those resources and, and what we have. But Gosh, I mean, if you take church away and you don't have that support system, that could be a little scary. Yeah. And so I, even this Sunday, we are not attending the church. Uh, the church came out with a statement saying that it is canceled, all meetings, all gatherings, kind of in line with other recommendations by nation and, and state recommendations. But what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, as that's transpired over the last year, What's your impression now that it's kind of coming to life? Well, you know, we, our church has a modern day prophet, just like in the, in the old scriptures in the Bible, they had prophets like Moses and, um, who were the voice piece for Heavenly Father or God here on earth. So we believe in a modern day prophet called of God to direct us and guide us in this, in this day. Um, so yeah, a year ago, he said, you know, we're going to move toward to a home-based church that supported or um, home-based gospel learning supported by the church, not us going to the church to get our spiritual um, fulfillment, but to that we can do it at home on our own. Um, and that came out, and we were like, yeah, okay, that's awesome. Um, and we just started doing it, and... And as we have been doing that, I felt several blessings in our lives. 
um, personally and for our family. It's brought up excellent conversations with our kids. Um, they've realized that they can access that revelation from Heavenly Father themselves and have that ability, not just a preacher at church telling us what those revelations and what God wants us to do. We believe that Heavenly Father will tell and wants to tell and talk to all of us if we listen to him. But how do we listen to him? You know, we have to get rid of distractions. We have to sit and listen and, and be thoughtful and prayerful and be wanting to have that inspiration from him. So, our, you know, the emphasis this year has been teaching our kids that you can have God tell you what he wants you to do, to be safe, to be happy, those things, that connection. And I, um, so we've seen that growth in our family with our kids. And so now that this trial is coming and we have this going on and this is panic, you know, I can totally say I'm so grateful for a modern day prophet who has helped prepare my family personally for difficult times to be like, you know what? I'm really stressed out. I feel uncomfortable and unsafe. I can turn to my heavenly father. And he will give me that peace and calm and know that he is in charge of everything. Whether it's my time to go on this earth or whether it's my time to stay, that doesn't, that doesn't promise that, oh, if you, if you talk to God and if you have a good relationship with your Heavenly Father, that you won't have trials like everybody else. I mean, you may. You may pass away. You may have a something. You may catch something or a virus or whatever. But knowing that you are with somebody, he never leaves us alone. The meditation is important as well at this time. I think, you know, as we have maybe a little bit more time in the morning, you know, without that commute, meditation could be really helpful uh, for people just to kind of have that calm and peace uh, because there is some uncertainty. The other way I would sum up what Lisa just described is self-reliance. It's this way that we we do uh, believe in a higher power and we, we call that God, we call that Heavenly Father. But also we have tools right in front of us that helps us be self-reliant. And, you know, for a long time, even as a kid, I mean, I grew up, you know, with this mindset of we've got to have food storage. We've got to be prepared. We've got to stay out of debt. We've got to do all these things. And sometimes I just, you know, didn't mock it per se, but it was just kind of like, well, why? Well, that, that would never happen to me. Why do we need 50 bottles of canned tomatoes <laughs> 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 or peaches? You know, it, well... And when real, things really go to heck, I mean, those are going to be high on the trading pole, right? <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's times where I'm just like, man, why? why? And uh, the best I heard at one explanation of this was from Hurricane Katrina. There was an individual who talked about how he had been advised to always have food storage and, and all this food and everything. And the hurricane hit, the floods came. And he's sitting on top of his house and all his food storage is literally floating in the water. It's being ruined and all these mason jars and all this food. And he's just like, why the heck did I have all that food storage? Like, what good is it to me now? And he got picked up and he got taken away, you know, into safety and he got food. And he says, oh, that's why I, I am taken care of. It's not necessarily that those provisions were for me. But it was almost this mindset of, I am prepared, I'm trying to be prepared, and things were taken care of for him. So I think that's another way to look at preparations is, I, I think we all envision ourselves, you know, for two weeks, four weeks, whatever this time period is, is sitting in our basements, 
eating applesauce, you know, passing around a mason jar of applesauce. Rationing the chips. Yes, yeah, rationing uh, all these things. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm not predicting the future. I'm not saying what will or won't happen. However, I think when we go in with a prepared mind, we, we are a little bit better off and, and we feel more at peace because that translates down to our kids and that translates to those around us to not instill more of that panic and fear. I do think that we're blessed for our efforts. In, and whether you believe in God or Heavenly Father or you just believe in karma or the universe, I really do believe that when we do our best, that's all you can do. You can't do more than that. If we've prepared the best we can, if we've done the best we can, even as parenting or just as ourselves, you know, we all come with problems. We all have issues and things we have to overcome. And I mean, it's hard. It's hard as an adult. Um, but I think the mindset, like you said, of just doing our best and then past that, we say, okay, it's not in my hands anymore. This is the best I've done. I have a, a good conscience about me that I am, okay, it's the best I could do. And, and letting it go after that, being able to say, okay, you know what, Heavenly Father, whoever else is out there, can you take it from here? I agree. And, and another way we look at things is at, at our neighbors as well, like where we can pitch in and help. If you have those capabilities, I think there is a reassurance and some uh, mental blessings too, even from just helping helping others, you know, kind of steering that focus away and, and looking for those, maybe those elderly neighbors who can't quite get into a store or go get what they need. And uh, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to serve. And I think that's what's going to bring out the good in all of us, hopefully. Yeah, I, I hope if you're listening, if you've picked up a few things today, whether it be just some reassurance of, you know, it's a scary time. Hopefully, you know, you took away a few things that can bring you peace, um, even from the work from home. There, that's a pretty big transition. I think for me, when I started working from, from home, I was kind of like, oh, sweet, this is what I've always wanted. And <laughs> reality hit. <laughs> reality hit. And it's just like, um, bless Lisa's heart. She came in one time. She's like, hey, what are you doing right now? You want to go to Target? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, well, I guess I could. Yeah. So, you know, having that discipline, having that, um, you know, those boundaries is, is important. So as you transition to that, let me know if you have any follow-up questions. You can always email me at adam at adamcbuchanan.com and love to chat with you more about that. One thing I'm also offering a little bit more and something I've been asked of by a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs is just some kind of one to two hour coaching sessions. So that's something I've been offering a lot more. If that's of interest to you, just to kind of amplify more trust with your customers, help grow your business, uh, especially through some changing times. Uh, people are asking me a lot right now of what ads they should be running, what content they should be publishing. Uh, let me know. Let's let's hop on a call. You can book it with me. Uh, you can also text me at 720-789-0243 and happy to have one of those sessions. It's just kind of a one-time thing. Uh, oftentimes that works best for people's budgets and uh, time-wise. But you can, we can go deep real quick on your business and hopefully pull out a lot of good insights and things that can help you. Lisa, anything else you want to add to our discussion around COVID-19, the virus, prepping, and, and where we're headed now? I think the last thing that I am, because we're all going through it together. So my thing today that I've been thinking about is um, thinking of different ways to comfort others and reach out to others. 
not uh, in person. You know what I mean? You've you talked earlier about like when we're struggling, the best way to feel better about our situation is by serving somebody else or thinking about somebody else. So my thing that I've been thinking about today is how can I talk to my friends? How can I reach out to some of the older people in our neighborhood who, first off, might feel lonely. They are sometimes lonely anyway. So being even more isolated would be really difficult for them, but also not bringing anything into their home, you know, germ-wise or things like that, that would be harmful is how can we, you know, can we drop off a note or letter and and leave it at the doorstep, can we text them or call them and say, hey, I'm just thinking of you, how are you doing? Or, you know, maybe even neighborhoods could, um, you know, get a text thread so we don't feel socially isolated because we are being asked to be socially, um, what do you call it? Distant. Distant. Social distancing. But not isolate. I mean, we have this technology. That might be the podcast soundbite right there. Right. Is that we don't want to be social isolated even though we have to be social distanced. But our society is so um, digital anyway and online and uh, we have ways to reach out to other people. So I think if you're having a stressful moment and your kids are stressing out, even let them. Let them start texting your, their cousins in another state. Let them start emailing. Let them use the, those tools we have to not feel stuck and, and scared. Those are great. I love that. We, we have technology at our fingertips. That's part of why I did this podcast, wanted to record it, just hopefully infuse a little bit of hope and, and uh, some peace out there. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is another episode of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan, and we'll catch you next time.